You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and I hope wherever you are in the world and whatever you're doing, you're doing exceptionally well. You're about to hear my chat with a fellow called Levi Benton. He's in a band called Miss May I, and I think Levi is one of my favourite ever interview subjects. The reason for the conversation was to promote the then-upcoming tour of Australia, which I believe occurred through November of 2017. So let's see what Levi has to say. Here we go. Hey, Levi, it's Andy McCoy-Smith calling. How are you, mate? Good, how are you? Oh, I'm not too bad, mate. Where about are you at the moment? Uh, we're in Indianapolis. Okay, cool. I, think I, spoke, I spoke to you earlier in the year, and I think you're in Poland or somewhere in Europe, if I'm not mistaken. So you're getting around a bit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh, I know where it stops. I've been going everywhere but home. Yeah. <laughs> when do you get to go home? When does the tour finish? Uh, Halloween, this one. Oh, nice. Okay, well, more days. Oh, mate, awesome, mate. Well, you'll enjoy that, mate. I'm sure you'll sleep for about two or three days straight. Oh, I'm already counting down. Like, wait. <laughs> All right, mate. I'll kick things off. Um, you know, you're six albums down, mate, and the most recent album being the 2017 release via Sharptone Records, Shadows Inside. You've got a bunch of shows in Australia coming up after you have that break, of course, and you do have a considerable fan base down here. Why do you think you connect with Australian audiences? Why do I think we connect? Yeah, why, why do you think you connect so well with Australian audiences? Oh, oh man. Uh, I, I don't know. I, Australia's always been such an awesome, awesome place for us. Um, even since before we've been there, um, back in like MySpace days when you could check analytics, is Australia's always been within the top three. And even to this day, they're still in like the top uh, top five. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's been such a... And that's including like every country in the world. So it's always been great for us and then going there was even crazier it's like some of the biggest shows that are played in australia and some of the biggest followings but i i don't i think the i don't know the reason really i i know everywhere other than america metal is huge <laughs> and i i think it's so cool that you guys have bands like amity affliction and parkway drive that are really like mainstream there and can go gold and can play um like tennis arenas that would never ever ever fly in the u.s and i think that's it's really cool that metal is such a more mainstream uh type of music in australia and i think that's that's why it's always been great for us and, and it's just like europe just uh a, a, i can't i don't want to say a better europe because i don't want a dog on europe but <laughs> australia is just like it's just great like australia and europe are like where metal lives for us yeah cool mate yeah no it is something that i've noticed as well actually my sister-in-law Loves Amity Affliction, but that's the only metalcore band that she likes, for example. Um, it just seems to be one of those things that um, the bands that do make it and do really well, like Parkway Drive and Amity, they seem to cross over to all fans of not just rock music, but just music in general. So you've got some kids who like Five Seconds of Summer and um, One Direction who will end up getting into Amity Affliction. I've noticed it too. I don't know what it is. I think it's just maybe it's, oh, you know, when I say token, maybe they're just, you know... I'm going to experiment and listen to something a little bit harder and heavier. And maybe our lifestyle here, because we like surfing and skateboarding and being active a lot more, maybe it's just music that suits it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It just suits the, the wild and woolly nature of Australians. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We had a chat earlier in the year, as I said, and, mate, you gave me a bit of a scoop. You mentioned that your mother was injured at a gig. 
Can you recount that story? Because I do host a podcast these days, mate. I'd like it if you could recount that story for the listeners, if it's okay. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, man, uh, so <laughs> she's a big metalhead. She was going to see Meshuggah, and she calls me. and um, I was on tour, and she called me from the hospital. And she was in the hospital. Um, I was at Meshuggah, and she's always about going in the pit. Like, last time I went to a show with my mom, or when it was just me and my mom, because I don't go in the pits anymore. I'm very jaded because I play shows, and I see it every night, so I stand in the back because I'm like, Screw that. I, I do this every night. I know exactly what I'm getting myself into. My mom's not like that. She, last time I took her to the show, was like Marilyn Manson. She pulled me into the pit, and I'm like getting punched and pushed around. I'm like, I this I haven't done this in a long time. And my mom's like mid-40s, having a blast, and she's like just destroying people. And um, so she calls me, and she's like, hey, I was going to this show. I'm in the hospital. And she was in the pit, and she went to the show by herself, which both of those don't make any sense. I'm like, I don't know why you went to a metal show by yourself and got in the pit by herself. Um, but she got elbowed in the face so hard that it crushed her eye socket and she had to get a metal plate. She had to get her eye removed, get a metal plate put in her face and then her eye reinserted. And, um, you can, you would never be able to tell. It's just so funny because now she, we, we always talk about it and make like Terminator jokes, me and my little brothers and, and she like never listens to my sugar ever again. Since, since that show had, like, scarred her for life. Oh, I can imagine that it would, yeah. I, I only went to a Meshuggah show at the beginning of the year and, um, mate, some of the bloody complete psychopaths that go into the pit for Meshuggah, yeah, she's a very brave woman, put it that way. That's what I'm saying, and she went by herself. I'm like, what are you What are you thinking? This is, this is next level. <laughs> yeah, completely. She's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, I stood way, way back. <laughs> yeah, cool, mate. All right, well... Hey, mate, let's talk tattoos. So I'm the prouder of uh, two rather small efforts that were applied in the late 90s, or one of them was applied in the late 90s and one was applied in the very early 2000s, but you've got some classic ink happening. Is there a story or theme across your considerable artwork? Um, yeah, the, um, with, with, with the line, um, are you talking about artwork on this last reference or throughout all of them? Oh, talking about your, your um, tattoos, actually. I've noticed that you've got quite a few tattoos. Oh, sorry, sorry, I apologize. Is there a theme running through the, um, all of the tattoos? Yeah, yeah. You've got? yeah. Um, yeah, I actually have. Um, e- each one of my arms are different themes. So my my right arm is sort of like mementos and stuff I want to sort of messages and stuff I want to like live by. Um, and then my my left arm is uh, it's all my family tattoos. So it has to do with just um, like my wife, my little brothers, uh, my mom, that's like my entire left arm is, is all family. And then, and, um, then I'm trying to think, yeah, actually every single part of my body is pretty thin. It's not really mixed and master anything. It's pretty thought out. And then my left leg is, um, is sleeved and that's all like, um, tour tattoos and all stuff from like, and each thing has to do with where I got it tattooed at. With what's what's country and everything, so have like an Arizona big piece when like our first tour ever, and then all the way down the little countries we've been to, and it's all over the place. You're gonna do what um, one of the members of Steel Panther when he was in Australia, I think when they were in Sydney, he got a kangaroo or a platypus or something like that tattooed on him when he was in Bondi, I think it was. He went to you know Bondi Inc. It's one of our more famous tattoo shops here. Would you do something similar? Do you think? 
I, I already beat you to it. I already got a kangaroo in, in uh, crossbones for <laughs> the first time we went to Australia. Awesome. Yeah, when... I got a uh, kangaroo skull with uh, crossbone surfboards. And the whole band has the same tattoo. And oh, it says, good day, mate. Oh, sweet, mate. What, uh, what city did you get that done in? Oh, man. You know, I think Perth. I, I can't really... I can't really... I don't don't quote me on that, but uh, I think it was Perth. Nice, okay, Perth. I'm the worst person. Nice location. <laughs> oh, good mate. You're you're a traveling musician, mate. It's effectively what you do. Is that? Do you feel less like a musician and more like somebody who's traveling the globe with the amount of touring you do? Um, sometimes it it, it depends what kind of tour I'm do. Like, because sometimes, like in the US, you definitely we definitely feel like we're just not touring band because. Um, there's so many long drives every single night for almost two months, but when we do like South America or Europe, sometimes Australia or Japan, like places that are more exotic for us and we're flying to every single show, you totally forget that you have to play a show sometimes because you're packing your bag, going to the hotel, you go out to eat, you're doing just like, you feel like a businessman and then it gets to six o'clock for a sound check and you're like, oh yeah, I totally forgot I have to play a show tonight. We've been traveling all day to get here. So I was, I was talking to the bassist, sorry, his name escapes me at the moment, from Mayday Parade. And we were having, I'd just come back from the Philippines spending some time over there because my wife's half Filipino, so most of her family's over there. Um, and we're talking about the really shitty things about airports. So, mate, um, given that you spend so much time in airports, traveling, etc., what's your pet peeve or what do you really dislike about airports? Oh man, um, I hate when uh, my my biggest pet peeve is when there's not connections in between like the terminals because sometimes like if you're doing like a chat, you will get put in airports and like say you're hungry or st- most of the time you're starving in between flights and there's some airports you land in the terminal and there'll be like a cookie stand and then all the food is in another terminal and they're like, yeah, there's no path over there though. So you're stuck here for two hours. I'm like, with cookies, I can't eat a sandwich or nothing. Like I have to, and then you're like, no, that's where the terminal's at and you're stuck here. And then you can't do nothing. And that happens like all the time to where, or it'll, if it's a late flight and we're doing like a red eye and you show up at 11, you'll be in a terminal where everything closed because it's just like a newspaper stand with some chips and you're, and all the good stuff is in, the domestic terminal that you can't even get into and you're just like oh my god i'm stuck here like starving um that's my biggest pet peeve because but i'm slowly thanks to um Viota's murder <laughs> they've set us up with uh our flying rewards because we were very irresponsible and they so hopefully we'll be in the uh oh, little so lounges soon yeah cool <laughs> yeah no that's awesome so you're actually taking advantage of all of the traveling miles that you're doing so as so you can put that toward the lounge spending time in the lounge and getting all the, the cool food that's in the Qantas lounge or the united lounge or whatever it might be yeah they snuck us in last time because they get to bring a guest so by art took us in and i'm like this is way cooler than what we've been doing <laughs> oh it's a massive deal I, I used to travel a lot for my job actually and and mate the Biggest difference that I remember was was I used to sit in the, exactly like what you're saying, sitting in the terminal waiting for the plane to come. You've got to, with all due respect, you've got to look great unwashed around you. But then you get, you know, your Qantas Club membership or whatever lounge for whatever airline you might be a member of or you might be traveling with. And then you go into the lounge and, mate, there's orange juice, there's croissants, there's fruit salad, you know, there's some really nice Chinese food, whatever it might be. And it changes the game, doesn't it, completely? Yeah, 
oh my gosh, it's crazy. And it's, yeah, it's whatever you want to do. And, and some airports have like crazy perks in their lounges. Like the, I know LAX has like a, a masseuse or something in theirs. And you're just like, what is, this is insane. It's like not real life. Cause I'd rather travel all day than be at home. if it's going to be like that. Yeah, sweet. All right. Okay. So I appreciate that it's very early to be asking this question because you've, you've had an excellent album that you've released this year, but have you got any ideas for the next album already? Oh yeah. I think, um, we, we always have a riff bank and stuff that we're writing. Um, uh, I think we have 12, 12, like just 12 riff ideas, just like ideas of songs. Um, yeah, we're always writing and always having some great ideas, but, um, so yeah, the answer is yeah, we're always, we're going next thing. And, and it's sounding crazy. We always, cause you always want to beat yourself. So every time you write something, like, okay, this has to be way cooler than what we just did. And it's like the most stressful feeling in the world. Cool, mate. No worries. Well, that's it for me. I really appreciate having this chat for the second time this year, mate. You're a legend. Uh, I think the band's fantastic, and I think you guys will be very well received by your Australian fans. I know a lot of people are anticipating the tour. It's in a month's time, I think, isn't it? It's, it's early November. Yeah, November 20th starts, for sure. All right, well, there you go, mate. All right, well, good luck with everything, mate, and uh, hopefully we'll see you down here. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and that was my conversation with Levi Benton, the frontman for Ohio-based metalcore outfit, Miss May I. Thank you so much for listening.